Welcome to lesson one. Try and think of a piece of good music that doesn't feature the guitar. I bet you can't. So you want to learn the guitar. Why not? Without the guitar, there would be no pop music, dancing, or magazines. Could you imagine Eric Clapton's Layla played on the organ? <laughs> no. Neither could I. everyone if you could open your performance artist hymnals to page 476,000 today's quote from performance artist Lydia Lunch the only thing worse than a guitar is a guitarist has this been on my Facebook page for over a decade sure has hello oh this everyone. is a real thing I yeah was really yeah that's actually where this bit was going which is yeah why no I that's interrupt that, it that's a real that's a real uh, a real a real quote that has haunted me for most of my well, existence. Lydia Lunchables was absolutely correct. Yeah. And and she was a uh, oh god what was she was uh the like the school teacher on Pete and Pete. Hi everybody. Uh welcome to I think you'd be into it the podcast about your problematic faves. I'm your host Brandon Beck. I'm your host Beth Scorzato. Um and joining us today to talk about just the wet and wild world of of guitar bullshit. You know him as as uh a member of one of New York's great rock and roll bands, the Hell Yeah Babies, Mike Pfeiffer. Mike, welcome to the show. Hello. What's up? It's We bill ourselves as New York's greatest rock band, and none of our friends have uh, tried to challenge that yet, so I have not had to take out the Lerpas and kill one of my friends. So I would say, if you want to go back, let's take that again from New York's greatest rock band, Mike Pfeiffer. So just, Brandon, whenever you're ready, and we'll fix this later, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. We'll fix it in post. Okay. Let's try it again. Uh, joining us today is, uh, you know him from New York's greatest rock band that has never been questioned or contested, Mike Pfeiffer of the Hell Yeah Babies. Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. So actually, my role in the band is I would call myself uh, I would call myself co-frontman because I feel like it's important, kind of like I stand in the middle whenever we play. So let's just do that. Let's try it again. Credit me, co-frontman. Sure. And sure, sure, sure. So let's sure. try it one more time. Getting his most important credit. Oh yeah, which is which is uh, father to Turkey Hero. That is That's very true. true. Yeah, you are also the the father to the softest dog in the world. Sort of a patron saint of three legged dogs, animal lover. Okay, so whenever you're ready, let's just do that one more time, and then I think we'll be ready. Well, I, I you know I don't want to be I don't be crazy about this, so let's give give it one more try. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, joining us today is um, a, a man about town, a bon vivant. Uh, he's a member of the four headed Hydra known as the Hell Yeah Babies, uh, where he is both uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Mike Pfeiffer. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank oh, Brandon, you didn't have a sale. That, that's so nice. Did you have that? That's so cool. <laughs> it was cool. totally thanks, natural. It came out totally I know, I'm not trying not to make a big thing of it, but thanks, man. Yes, it's good It's good to be here. Uh, I do am... I need to be here for this episode? <laughs> no, I think you can go, babe. I I'm ready to do... Listen, you. Uh, I'm prepared. I was. I was told that I was going to have my ass scorched at least, at least slightly. So I've got my. Oh, yeah. I've got my asbestos underwear on against advice of all of the medical professionals. 
See, I don't know you well enough to nuke you from orbit, but Brandon will for sure be burned. That's oh, not hard. Yeah. I tell you, you start at bald, and then you kind of work your way up from there as you understand that I, I'm always doing like a little voice. Oh, no. I, I prefer much more creative insults. Thank you. Just looking at a person and coming up with something that way? No, no. I prefer yeah. to get them deep in their soul. It is. So we are on... I actually... Uh, we are on video chat, which is, I guess, otherwise it would not, I mean, it's not going to make sense to the people listening to the podcast anyway, but otherwise they would, you guys would have no way of knowing that I'm bald besides, uh, of the way that I overcompensate with my personality constantly. So, (laughs) um, so before, before we get going, what is a hell yeah, baby? Uh, hell yeah, baby is a, it's a North American sort of woodland creature from central, mostly from central New Jersey, but found as far south as, uh, Frederick, Maryland. Uh, there are only four, uh, ones in existence. Sam's from Maryland. He's from Western Maryland and we went to college together and we weren't friends in college. And then he was very depressed online and we became friends, which is. Just, that's how uh, a lot of people become friends. Yeah, online. I know. It's a, yeah. it's a, there's a pretty steady that's how pipeline. We became friends online. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty steady pipeline of being like, oh, I might eat a gun, and somebody else being like, do you want to watch cartoons, bud? And then all of a sudden, you're on their podcast or in a band with them. So it's pretty, pretty special. Yeah. No. Uh, we're uh, we're a rock band from New York City. Right now we were matching pink jackets, but who knows how long that costuming choice will last because now I'm getting bored. We were matching pink jackets. We play very fun rock and roll songs in the classic two guitars, one bass, one drum style. But we all kind of sing uh, We all kind of sing lead. We swap that around. Um, so I think we're one of the first bands to ever do that, where like all four of the guys have a hand in the songwriting and three of them sing the songs to varying degrees. Mm-hmm. A lot so, like a, a little band called yeah, Fish, sure. actually. Oh, boy. Yeah, I I mean, you walked... I don't know. I couldn't help you there. I'm sorry. I was trying to do a Beatles one, but he swerved I knew you were trying to do a Beatles one, but I knew where he was going to go with it. Well, all you got to do is act naturally. Uh, You know, the thing that I like about the Hell Yeah Babies is that you guys are simultaneously a great band and a really good sketch team. Thank you. I'm going to take that one as a compliment. Um, He does mean it as a compliment. It's it's better. You guys are a better sketch team than most of the professional sketch teams I know and have worked with. 
Thank you. Uh, yeah, what he's we're saying very... is you're better than gunslinger. <laughs> we're uh, we have the benefit of. I mean, I've known Dylan and Julian for pretty much twenty years now, and so we have uh, we've got the shine between each other as far as figuring out what the next step of any given bit is going to be. And so it means that over the past year, as we have been unable to have a reliable way of playing live music to audiences, we've ended up running a Twitch stream uh, that has turned into a fully scripted, uh, I don't know, comedy show that we do once a month so it's ended up it, with a heavy heart i say that we are replacing community as far as uh just doing a different like genre parody every month so we did like uh we did like a time travel one we did a christmas one we did a murder mystery this past month we uh we did a um a huge fantasy epic uh called tomes of serenia where we were basically uh we were put in charge of of writing the last installment of a famous fake famous fantasy series uh which was it yeah it's great I, they're all you. great thank uh you. i don't like anything pretty notoriously and um i very much enjoy watching the hell yeah baby stream it's a it's a good it's a good chat all the songs are bangers i've added so many things to my playlist from it and um the sketches are also very funny uh thank when you, you guys did the murder mystery the guy that was playing fake elvis might have actually killed me dead i was <laughs> yeah. so hard so in that episode we originally had our friend tommy london who is uh, just a classic new york rock guy who i love he was originally going to be playing the spirit of rock and roll because the murder mystery was who played it was who, who killed rock and roll except that we had rock and roll be a real guy Tommy London dropped out at the last minute and our friend Kurt jumped in. And another fun thing that happened is that I didn't finish writing it before the episode started. Mm -hmm. So every time, every time that we hit a break where the music videos were playing, I had to write a little bit more of the ending, which means that uh, nobody knew that the final, I think one of his lines that really got everybody and made them break was he thanked everybody for the primo nutterino. That was one that nobody knew was there until about the moment they read it. Which That's is... not the one that killed Brandon that he's been walking around saying for three weeks or probably, yeah. what, like two months now? What Something got like you, that, bud? Yeah. The, the, the grandest mord of all. Oh, yeah. Uh, that he, he nearly just killed says me. That around the house. He'll just yep. be walking around. It'll just be like, it's the grandest mord of all. Sometimes like, the thought of to? Who sometimes is the thought for? of jacking off to death strikes you, and you must run with it. Yeah, there, there, yes. there has been some, like, truly twisted linguistics on that show. Between that and uh, the last one with uh, past guest of the show, Kendra Wells, as some sort of, like, weird sex orc. Kendra oh, played... they were excellent. Kendra played the chieftain of the orcs, Tusk Spindrift, and we thought that it would be fun <laughs> if... If that character um, used all of the shitty sort of compound swears that people used to use to respond to uh, Donald J. Trump on Twitter, everybody who is like, listen up, you Cheeto scented piss goblin, you may not know about a little thing called the Constitution. And it's like, I thought it'd be really funny if uh, if they were constantly calling everybody like clunge plumbers and stuff like that. And of course, Kendra was sort of born to be a, a foul mouthed. Tusked creature. Oh, absolutely. So, they they self-identify oh, yeah. as a clown, but let me tell you, they did pretty good. They did oh, yeah. pretty good uh, just really channeling the orc. I didn't know that I had a cat in here with me, and I've just discovered him. He's just appeared, and I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we uh, clunge our depths about guitars, uh, let's clunge into a thing where ew no uh. <laughs> stop saying let's uh, get clunge let's get is not even the verb in that one yeah just stop <laughs> saying it uh we like to have fungible here on uh the show uh but before we get into guitars uh let's get into a round of things we're into this week shall we if, if anybody has one rock and roll if not 
I got one. Go for it, dude. You know I haven't been home. When have I had time to get into anything? I'm going to have to... Every week, here's a fun fact, my fight for every week we get to this section that I know is coming and I panic. What if what you're into is resting? What if you're, what you're into is, is chilling out? I've already done that one. I've definitely done sleep before. I've absolutely done sleep before, but I did sleep all day yesterday. You spend a third of your life sleeping is what I've heard. And our friends at Helix Mattresses have contacted us. <laughs> no, we're a Casper show. We're a oh, Casper sorry, show. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, right. I, I apologize, Mr. Friendly Ghost. <laughs> I think the reason I don't have any hobbies is because I haven't found anything I enjoy more than just taking a nap. Yeah, it works because then you get to go you get to go off to dreamland and have whatever is uh, expressing your internal stresses happen there. You know, it's fun. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. I slept all day yesterday, but all every single per- just about every single person I know was in my dreams in some bizarre stress way. But anyway, Brandon, what are you into this week? Go off, bro. <laughs> The uh, the thing I'm into this week is uh and it's it will actually probably be a little bit relevant to the the topic today. Um I've gotten really into the hold steady again over the last huh? uh couple weeks. Um the hold steady are a uh just like straight pretty straightforward rock and roll band. They're like blues rock. Yeah, they're like, I think they're more like bar rock. Okay, um, but that's also blues rock. Well, it's like very rock. at home in a bar. I, I would call Hold Steady as like the mid mid two thousands sort of almost post garage rock revival before everything turned into stomp clapping and pretending to be brothers. Them and uh, fuck, what's the other one? It's the Hold Steady and Gaslight Anthem. Oh yeah, Gaslight them and Anthem. Gaslight yeah. Anthem. Peas in a pod. They're both sort of uh, doing Bruce Springsteen stuff, but with updated references for what weed and women's names are. Yep, <laughs> that that is the most astute uh, description of the whole study I've maybe ever heard. I yeah. enjoy the whole study. Um, yeah, they rock. Yeah, I, I was I was really into them uh, back in high school, which was like chronologically about when everyone was into the whole study. I couldn't have and told they, that from the way that you looked. <laughs> they lost me for most of the teens. Um, there's I don't I don't know what happened. Either maybe I sort of felt like I outgrew it a little bit, or their their sound was changing or something but uh they put out an album a couple years ago where i was like straight up shocked that there was a good hold steady album in the year of our lord 2019 um and they did it again uh they put out a new record a couple weeks ago that's pretty good and and feels like it feels like the more mature version of uh like boys and girls in america or something like that like rather than being written by the people who are like in the party and watching it kind of devolve into a shit show they're the, like the older bartender who's just watching it from a distance and is like these fucking kids craig finn has one of those great voices that's not technically good but is just always stumbling into a great piece of poetry every hold steady song is like a matter in the bottom of a chapel she was making jesus out of an apple and it's like okay got it you're at the that's pretty sick she thought i was joe strummer yeah so she pushed me into the Mississippi River. Yeah. Um there was a I I don't I'm not remembering the name of uh the band, but I'm not somebody sure if you're doing on the Hold Steady or the Long Winters there. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of one big uh all part of one big family. Kind of, yeah. Uh th- there's a band called the Alex Jonestown Massacre that released a Hold Steady Christmas song this past year called Oh Massive Night. That is so like it's dare to be stupid level good of just like 
nailing uh, every single thing about this band. Yeah, we're like, it's 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 a funny idea, but it's also maybe the best Hold Steady song uh, from the last little while. Toys for tots, baby tots for toys. Santa's got presents for all the girls and boys. Plus the night before Christmas, not even the mice were making noise. Into our stockings on the shelf Sugar plum fairies dancing in our heads Yeah, we were thrilled He said my name's Chris Kringle Baby, people call me Santa He's also, he's a really He's got a really weird Well, not weird He's got like a very, like I've never seen anyone seem that, like, overjoyed to be on stage Like, the way he moves is just this very, like childlike like oh yeah it's so awesome <laughs> yeah sometimes the spirit strikes like every you time he gets up there it. he's surprised <laughs> a little bit um but yeah so the the hold steady um yeah they're 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 back and uh better never <laughs> they're holding steady baby they sure are uh who wants to go next I mean, Beth, did you have, like, a lunch you had recently that was good, maybe? <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't have time to eat lunch. Okay. The last the last lunch I was given on set, it was a burrito that was left over that I ate two hours later because I was running errands when lunch was served. Um, oh, nothing sweeter than, than work leftovers. Yeah, than a leftover burrito. Um, why am I into- I mean, honestly, I'm just still watching Columbo. <laughs> We're into the 90s now. The Excellent. 80s Columbo, I didn't really like, and it was- uh, kind of weird but 90s columbo i'm kind of back on board because 90s columbo i think they realized the magic of columbo was the like weird 70s-ness of it and they've tried to like kind of play more into that tone whereas the 80s stuff was like very 80s and like looked like a porno it yeah. was so sick when tv detectives got to be like ugly old guys <laughs> like, yeah. that was yeah, right awesome right. i used to love i love peter Falk. there's there's a great precursor to the x-files called night stalker that was excellent oh, yeah and that was like that's that's just like a weird older man, older gentleman in a straw hat who gets himself into supernatural trouble every week. And you just don't get that anymore. Everybody has to be hot now. And it's like, quit it. I'm looking at hot people all the time. Don't show me another beautiful person. I'm done. Yeah, I have the Internet. I can find hot people. if I It's want. fine. It doesn't Give take me... like, you know, you, it's, this isn't the early days of the Internet anymore where there aren't hot people on demand. Give me like yeah. a guy who doesn't really want to be here. And that's that's the perfect that's the perfect situation. Yeah, I got. I'm sure I'll get into Columbo. I've been watching a shitload of Frasier myself. I like started watching. Uh, I've I've watched it all the way through before, but I we started a rewatch around season five. There's a a famous cabin episode, and then just watched all the way through to the end and started back around at the beginning. And now we're almost there again. Uh, but the other thing, the main thing that I've been doing lately is bumming myself out, um, imagining different choices that could have been made. Uh, for cartoons and movies. In particular, the one that got me because we've been watching The Expanse and Thomas Jane is in that wearing a just a real dog shit hat. He's wearing a really bad <laughs> fedora. And what I realized is that what should have happened with Indiana Jones is that Thomas Jane should have been recast as Indiana Jones in the mid 2000s. And then we should have just gotten like three or four really good Thomas Jane Indiana Jones movie instead of dragging Harrison Ford back into it. Because Thomas Jane has the exact same energy as Harrison Ford which is to say he always wants his family back and he barely wants to be there. They both, there's a huge overlap in their acting styles of just gruffly being like, listen, I don't want to be here as much as you, but I just want my family back. 
And I think that it would work once you put the hat on him, I think you're sold. And so especially, yeah, so that, there's that. And then, uh, well, does Thomas Jane, cause the, the, I think the secret that uh, to Harrison Ford that we don't talk about enough is that he's also just stoned out of his mind yeah. all time. Just, so does Thomas Jane have that vibe too? Uh, I don't think Thomas Jane, I, I don't think is, uh, partakes in the sacrament of jaw quite as often. However, I think that under the right circumstances, he would love to repeatedly crash planes uh, if you give him the chance. <laughs> so, which would put him in sort of the same, the same that field as Harrison like, Ford. Yeah, that same area with Harrison Ford. Yeah. Harrison Ford, Jimmy Buffett, uh, Ed from Bare Naked Ladies, all, all famously stoned people who crash planes. That sounds great. I would love to get yeah. to the point in my life where crashing a plane is just like I'm. Well, did I uh, did that again this week? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really answer the question, but I'm still into Columbo, y'all. Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> What are you That's into fine. this week, Mike Viper? Uh, let's see. I mean, last night. Uh, so I've been. Uh, w- what generally happens is that I end up staying up until four or five in the morning watching movies for no other reason than sleeping means that I will wake up another day and still be living my life. So right? isn't that isn't that a drag? Isn't that crazy how that happens? Every day I wake up and continue to exist. Ugh, not ideal. <laughs> Uh, last night, I mean, I, I love the films of Paul Verhoeven, but I haven't watched Hollow Man uh, since probably a, a neighbor showed it to me because there were breasts in it when I was a child. Watched it last night. That's the Kevin Bacon one with the where he tells the Wonder Woman joke, right? Invisible Bacon, baby. It's got Invisible Bacon. It's got Elizabeth Shue. It's got the the dreaded Greg Grunberg uh, as as one of the laboratory technicians in that. And it is, you understand why Paul Verhoeven wanted to stop making movies after making this, because it is a little bit unfortunate. Uh, but hell, the guy still knows how to, he still knew how to how to craft a thriller. And yeah, there is, there certainly is nudity. Because the answer, unless there's like industrial espionage or fighting going on, the answer for what you would do if you're invisible is be a huge creep. Like, what's the other useful thing yeah. besides sneaking around and listening to what people say to you and whatever? Uh, but I also watched Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, which is Ooh. an insane swing right. from Dungeons and Dragons enthusiast Vin Diesel. Uh, because the first Chronicles of Riddick is sort of like Alien, like it's in this, it's in sort of a a uh, a lived universe that's got some. It's rough around the edges, but is is sort of grounded about uh, people who land on a planet where creatures only attack you at night. Easy, easy, squeezy, bing, bang, boom. He plays a, a Furian named uh, Riddick who can like see in the dark and is able to save people. He's got a complicated past. But then the Chronicles of Riddick. Oh, I thought Riddick was the planet. No, no, no. Chronicle. His name is Riddick. He's from. He's a Furian. He's from the planet Furia. Uh, but Chronicles of Riddick is just like Warhammer forty thousand. So like the villains, okay. which so like all of the technology is basically magic. The villains of it are called necromongers, and they like and the, you'll never believe this. They worship a little known concept called death, uh, hmm, and they arrive wow. to your planet in these things called coffin ships, and the scale is impossibly huge, and it ends just like the Arnold Schwarzenegger cone and the Barbarian. Uh, but yeah, uh, but of course the god Carl Urban was in that, and so I've accidentally ended up watching a bunch of Carl Urban movies lately because before he was as big a guy as he is now, he was a background guy in a million things, uh, including Chronicles of Riddick. And fuck, what's the other one? We watched Dread, where he's not the background guy. Dread just fucking full stop beats ass. And then... Fuck, That's the one where he's name? Dread, right? Not the Stallone one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he beats ass. I guess the other one was Thor Ragnarok, so never mind. I don't watch... I realize that I just do not watch, like, good movies. I'm never like, ooh, let me let me put on the latest Oscar winner. It's pretty much just nonstop trash for me. 
I've I've sort of felt that same way since quarantine. I've just like there have been so so many movies that I've wanted to see that I have heard are like intense or or heavy, and I'm just like I I don't, I don't need wanna. This. Like the movie I'm most excited for is uh I can't even remember what it's called. The one where Bob Odenkirk does John Wick essentially. Yeah, I forget what uh, it's called. Nobody. It's called like. No, nobody. Yeah, I was gonna say it's called normal or something, but I was close. Oh yeah, like that's the only thing that seems appealing right now is a, a, a sketch comedy legend, straight up uh, murdering people and uh, thankfully not being involved in the Capitol riots. I <laughs> I think that there are more movies about assassins who have given it up and get reluctantly drawn back in than there are movies about guys who are just assassins. Yeah, like. Obviously, you've got the John Wick films. You've got this. You've got Normal. And then you've got... Uh, there's a really, really good one written by Shane Black that we were talking about the other day called The Long Kiss Goodnight, which is an action movie that features Gina Davis, a great performance from Samuel L. Jackson, and then uh, evil Gina Davis. So Ooh. highly suggest that one. If you're, if you're looking for a movie where somebody who's seemingly normal ends up having a big fight in their kitchen and realizes they can throw knives and shit. I love that every Shane Black script just sort of feels like him going like, fuck it, I'll write that movie. Who cares? It's sick as hell. It's he sick had, as hell, brother. I forget uh, which screenplay it was of his, but a a fancy house was described with the the only description was it seems like it'd be a great place to fuck in. And like that says so much more than dis- fully describing a house. He had another one that I think the, the description was, uh, it's a, a beautiful house, the kind I uh, I would be able to buy if this script sells. Yes. Shane, yes. Shane Black-isms, baby. They can get tiring if you're bad at them, but if you're Shane Black, they are usually okay. It's too bad that his Predator movie was a huge turd, because uh, I love Predator and I love Shane Black, but I guess that it, they we're not exactly peanut butter and chocolate together, so what are you going to do? And like that, that was one where Adrian Brody was the action star. No, 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 right? no, that's no, no. One. That's Predators, and Predators is good. Predators is very good. It's the Predator that Shane Black did, and that's the one where I'm going to give you spoiler alert, and I'll take a second, let everybody stop, and skip ahead a few few seconds. The plot of Predator of the Predator by Shane Black involves like the Predators uh, abducting autistic children to try and absorb their genetics to like advance them to advance their own evolution. So stem cells. Yeah. I uh, no no word yet on, on if CEO was a a executive producer on that one, but now did, uh, now Mike, did you get the Moderna vaccine or the predator vaccine? (laughs) Uh, I got the spoke too close to people at a DIY venue one week before New York lockdown vaccine, where I ended up having COVID and beat it with the help of DiGiorno pizzas and four loco. Oh yeah, so, I forgot that you had the uh, the COVID Crispin uh, yes. before it was even popular. Yeah, I mean, it's I think about it all the time that all of the ways that um, I could have gotten COVID are equally telling about myself and embarrassing uh, because it's either that I was having a it's either that I uh, from the you know fifteen person reading of the unproduced script for star Wars episode nine that I had in my living room with a bunch of guys sharing bagels or the show that I did at the, or or the show that I did in an unventilated punk venue, like, or uh, there's it's either of those is, is not a great option, but that is likely in some way how I, how I acquired the dreaded China virus. Amazing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching one of uh, I was listening to one of our Inkblot shows, uh, the last one we played before quarantine, and in between songs, one of us made a joke about COVID already being wiped out, and I was like, "Oh, oh no." <laughs> There are a stunning amount of things have not aged well. Myself among mm. them. Uh, relatable. <laughs> so, now that we're done with that, uh, cracks knuckles, let's get into it, shall we? <laughs> Guitar bullshit. Yeah. It's a, it's a sickness. It, it so really... So, obviously, you are a member of the greatest rock band in New York, as we've discussed, but... Mm. How, how, wh- where did you start? Like, did you play guitar as a kid, or... I mean, I know, like, Brandon taught himself starting when he was, like, 15, but didn't get, like, more deep into it until he was older. Uh, I actually, my, start, my, my parents had me doing piano lessons for quite some time, uh, which, as is traditional, I loathe. I had to take piano lessons. Shut up. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. It's annoying, uh, but I did not really like it. And then the night before I left for college, my dad plays drums, uh, actually. And so the night before I left for, for college, uh, one of my friends played guitar my dad played drums and i sang and we were having a party and we had a great time and that was my first time sort of singing the songs that i wanted to sing in front of a group of people and i thought that was great when i got to school all they could play was this crap ass piano so uh, piano sheet music i'm both not good at reading and is prohibitively expensive to get uh but what i found out that i could do is using a little bit of music theory and the widely available uh guitar tabs and chords that kind uh, weirdos post online I could just learn to play all the songs that I liked on the piano uh, but there is a limit there there is a point where you cannot make the piano sound distorted and angry uh, despite Ben Folds' best efforts <laughs> yeah I was gonna say Ben Folds sure tries that's why he throws a chair at it all the time because he's so mad he can't make it do what he wants it that's yeah that's why that's why he said the n-word for a while it's like this piano <laughs> isn't strong enough let me just throw let me just get a little slice in here. Um, in, with but, a symphony, too. <laughs> uh, but so then I decided it was time to move on to playing the guitar. And uh, and yeah, I don't know. I, I acquired one. I taught myself. I generally, I have a lot of different uh, weird hobbies and interests, but I am only ever at the sort of beginning of Empire Strikes Back Luke level of learning of them where I can I can wiggle the lightsaber and pick it up but I am not strong enough at any of them to go all the way and become a true master and so over the years I have taught myself to play guitar and uh, yeah my dad and my dad is a very handy guy so it became a, a way for us to hang out I think uh, I, I maybe it was uh, 19 I guess I said that I wanted to build guitars together and so we acquired all the parts and we used his wood shop and I built my first guitar. What, what, uh, what, what was it? What it was is, and I guess I do have them all right here. So while it's not useful for the people who are listening, it helps me describe it to pick it up. Uh, this is it. It looks like a Gibson SG, if that makes sense for you. For the people who don't know, that's like, it's like the style of guitar that uh, Angus Young plays. Uh, it's finished it's in, one. yes, it's the, it's, it's got the horns on it. It's the devil one. Um, so that I hand carved the body myself and sanded everything and, and, and stuff. I chose what is apparently, uh, the hardest fucking finish to put on it, which is this, uh, red sparkle, uh, which it looks, looks cool, great. Though. Thank you. Yeah. That's what's most, Im- what is, I need to emphasize as we get further into my love of hot rodding guitars and modifying them. What is most important to me in a guitar is generally how it looks, because I find that there are many mitigating factors you can use to make a cheap guitar sound fine and not really worry about it. I'm not a person who's super intense about needing to have vintage parts or whatever. Uh, Like these pickups that are in here cost $30 as a pair. 
Uh, and Damn. I used them to record the absolutely blistering rhythm guitar on our single Great Shot Kid. And that was just this guitar pretty much going directly into a Marshall amplifier. And that was it. Don't sweat it. Uh, on the front of it here. That's, that song pit- sounds fucking great. All the guitars on that sound. It does. I love that song. Obviously, Brandon loves that song as he recorded his very stupid Jimmy Buffett cover of it. Great Shot Kid, you blew it again. Your rival's right, disappoint your friends Cause you never want it badly enough No, you never want it badly enough Great shot, kid, a swing and a miss Travel back in time, catch your own damn fish Cause you never want it badly enough Started out with too much, we were never gonna give it up I think that was nice. That is true. I did do that. <laughs> but um, yeah, but then also because I, I'm uh, stupid, I the pick guard on this is actually a single of Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up, which was put on there. <laughs> that was put on there way after that was even a fun joke to do, a fun or funny joke to do. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah. So this was the first guitar that I ever that I ever built with him. And then uh, the neck we how, how purchased. How secure a seven inch as a pick guard? Uh, you just use, I mean, see so what you do is you use the jigsaw and like cut it in the shape that you need it to go on the thing. And then if you're me, you don't really care about the fact that it looks a little ragged and doesn't fit as well as other stuff because I get very impatient with what I'm doing. And then you punch a bunch of holes in it and, uh, screw it into the body and boom. Not that this, I don't know, this even needed a pick guard, but I thought visually it looks better with one. So that's my whole thing. Yep. You know, I, 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 I don't want to drop the word fully jokerfied too lightly <laughs> but that is fully fucking joker fight yeah i it used to the back cavity actually used to be the, the, that has all the electronics in it actually used to be covered by a seven inch uh single as well i was by a band from is by a band from las vegas called the black jets and it's called all sexed up but the thing about um seven inch vinyl singles is that they are not uh, structurally reliable or should be used to cover anything important. So after being handled by a dumbass for a year or two, that started to break apart. So now they're just a big piece of fucking uh, plastic that we bolted over the back of it to protect all the precious innards. When I first made the guitar, I didn't know anything about uh, electronics or I wasn't particularly good at it, which means that if I turned the gain up high enough on an amplifier, I would electrocute myself. Uh <laughs> So that's pretty fun. Sorry. I'm no, sorry. that's a that's it was just like funny. a very me thing to have done, and yeah. that's why. I'm <laughs> now, is that like a like a proper Gibson in that it weighs two hundred pounds? Uh, no, I think it may actually. I mean, it's thicker than a regular, and an SG itself is actually one of the 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 bodies of them are, are sort of thinner than other Gibsons, and so they have a lot of problems with the neck actually dipping down because it's too heavy. Uh, which is why it's important to hold it directly up like upright like a little gremlin and prance around in a schoolboy costume while you play it. But no, actually, with since this is carved from a, a, a one big piece of swamp ash, uh, we didn't plane it to be as smooth. It's also a bolt-on, so it's a whole other fucking thing. But um, we didn't plane it to be as slim as an actual SG. So it's better balanced. I don't think it's particularly heavy. I couldn't really fuck with the heavy guitar because I like to throw them around a lot and I like to jump around on stage. So that's fair. I just have a bad back. So anything that weighs more than my Telecaster is like, ugh. like I can't play my bass standing up. 
you know what you should get? You should get one of those ZZ Top rigs so that it's actually resting on your hips, and you'll be able to hold up the weight much better. And then if you want to just spin it around and do a little spin move, delight Doc Brown and Marty, then it is, you can do that. Well, that's what I was going to get you guys for Christmas. Yeah, just let it be. Let somebody else hold it up. What's your problem? I'm performing here. Mind your business. <laughs> you've never built a guitar, Brandon, right? You've just got you've got your Telecaster, but you've never really done much. You've gotten much more into pedals. Yeah, I've I I feel like Mike and I sort of diverged in the two sort of paths of guitar nerd. Uh, either the kind of like hot rotting and getting really into like, you know, mods and the sort of guitars themselves. Whereas I'm like, I have my one Telecaster that I've been playing for a million years, but my pedal rig is just getting more and more fucky as quarantine has gone on. And now I'm like buying like bespoke power sources and yeah. like all of my Instagrams, uh, Instagram ads are now like, uh, this is a pedal that's made by one person in the you know the Midwest, and it's uh, gonna do this tiny little thing to your gain. And I'm like, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. Here's a fun <laughs> game we can play. So uh, Brandon has just openly admitted that he's just been playing the one Telecaster primarily for many many years. How many yeah. uh, additional guitars do you think I'm looking at in this room right now? That he <laughs> play? Yeah. That's, Let's take a guess. That's a great question. Oh man, uh, five. No, no, it is four, but there is also a mandolin. Okay, that's yeah. the, the child's guitar, they call it. And a violin, but that's yours. The violin's mine, that doesn't count. And I've owned it <laughs> since the ninth grade. <laughs> um, it, it should be pointed out, and I want to I wanna be clear about this, is that while I'm enthusiast about much of this, I think that a lot of people who are deep into talking about tone and what achieves maximum tone and preserving mm. it, I think that they are largely full of shit. Oh, I am, yeah. uh, guitar stuff is pretty much astrology for guys, uh, mm -hmm. where everybody, it's, and so like, I'm looking at right now, I mean, if you listen to, I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe this. So a main, I, I, I don't know who I, I, I don't know who I'll be talking down to who is listening to this, but to, on today, International well, Rick Women's Beato Day. Rick Beato will be listening, obviously. Establish me a small boys zone that I may mansplain briefly. Uh, but, you know, on an electric guitar, uh, a lot of the way that it sounds comes from the pickup. And the pickup is basically a bunch of copper wire uh, coiled around uh, a magnet. And plucking the string generates an electric current that then goes through an amplifier and gets turned into something that gets you paid maybe $20 by the promoter because you didn't realize how many people you had to bring. So uh, so different, different pickups do different things. Uh, and while my pickups that I like to use cost $30 because I don't care... Uh, these can get incredibly expensive, like definitely up to $500. If you go to vintage ones, it's like, it's, it's just insane. And the descriptions of them are absolutely inscrutable. It's all nonsense oh, yeah. because at the end of the day, they need to convince you that this pickup is versatile and can do whatever you want. Like nobody's ever going to say this is only good for blues guitarists because you'd like to still sell these to metal guitarists. But it means that if you're ever trying to buy a pickup for your fucking guitar, every description is like, well, the glassy highs are easily balanced by tight, thumpy lows, which I mean, don't overwhelm fairness, the creamy mids. Just about all instruments do that. Like last yeah. time I went to buy strings for the violin, mm -hmm. um, I had been using the same kind of strings my entire life. And I mm -hmm. decided I wanted to get something a little different. Um, 
that weren't as because I, I was trained as a classical player. So I always use dominant strings, which have like a much richer tone. And I was sure. like, well, you know what? I might be trying to play some fiddle parts on. We were we were talking about me maybe putting a fiddle part on our Christmas song that we had released last year. And so mm-hmm. I was looking available for at like, brandonandbeth.bandcamp.com. Thank you. I was looking for like a like something with like a clearer, higher tone. And let me tell you, every description of the strings that I read, I was like, this means nothing. This is not helpful. And then I'd like play the sample video and I'm like, these all fucking sound the same. Okay. So I'll just buy whatever the fuck I want then, I guess. Correct. Yeah. But that's what, that's what's good about, about, uh, pedals though, is that like, yeah, there is a, a sort of style of them that are just like these, this is 700 amps in a box. Um, but for the most part, they're just like, this is a green box that makes it go. (laughs) <laughs> um and they're just yeah, and some- like i've seen some that are so specified like this is a pedal that will just add feedback yep i mean you could just get close to your amp that's true but you couldn't control it that way or you could also you could do what the stooges used to do and just like hold a blender next to the guitar and that helps a lot <laughs> they used to try and make it sound like an airplane was landing I mean, so ultimately what got me into uh, customizing guitars is that uh, aesthetics are pretty important to me and I am not particularly good at guitar. So, but the problem is that any guitar that looks really cool is very expensive. And so my niche over the years has become buying very cheap guitars or inexpensive guitars and then uh, completely fucking with them. So for example, my current main guitar is is a Tele Custom which means that it looks like a Telecaster, but it's it's like the one of the classic guitar shapes. Um, and it's even the Squire one. It's I don't think I knew you had a Telecaster at all. Yeah, because I haven't had it at home. It's been in a fucking basement, so the it, like so the neck was bent into it was bent into a ninety degree angle, and it didn't sound good. But yeah, so it is a fairly cheap guitar. It's even a, it's a it's a Squire Telecaster. So like that's been there's budget line, and so I bought it knowing that if I fucked with this, uh, it would not be a huge deal, which is why it's now covered in rhinestones. And I switched out the pickguard. No, they painted the headstock. I haven't touched the electronics of it. It does look like a rhinestone cowboy. It kind of rules. Oh, yeah. Riding across the... Forgot the lyrics. Don't have a second part to that. But, uh, yeah. And then the well, it'll ones... be gentle on your mind later. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I don't know. You, you get into it because the world of guitars that look very cool and have a lot going on can be prohibitively expensive if you are uh, a huge weenie about the components used in them. But if you are trying to make something eye-catching and unique then there's a lot of fun to be had uh digging through the cheap stuff and putting in the work to to make something yourself and then i don't know about you guys but i always like having the feeling that something is it's like like the wonder bat from that fucking from the simpson from from homer at the bat the simpsons episode like i think it's special to have something that is your tool for the job that you customized yourself and is and is made for you. So I, sure. I can't I can't stand to have anything stock. I always like to fuck it up somehow and mess around with it. And that's been my my strategy with pretty much everything that I own, none of which were purchased for over probably three hundred dollars. Uh, Dang, which is, yeah, pretty low prices in the old Mike Pfeiffer warehouse. Um, I just like to screw around with it. Yeah, every everything that you that you bring on stage very much has a like this is the Mike Pfeiffer version of this thing. And it's it's a really cool aesthetic that uh I appreciate very much. It's important, you know, it's important for the brand. I can't just be getting up there with a with a regular guitar. 
and so yeah, I don't know. Like one of the other ones, the, the next one that I made after the after the SG that was my main guitar for a long time. The SG is named Glamour G L A M M E R, which is the name for evil magic in Stephen King's Dark Tower series. And for more on the oh. Dark Tower, you can listen to I think you'd be into it episode. <laughs> I'll put I the mean, you can, but we really owe JJ a new episode because she came with a bunch of notes and then Brandon was really high and the episode's terrible. <laughs> what, what can I say? I'd forgotten the face of my father. I'm sorry. <laughs> you did forget the face of your father. Uh, it's okay. You podcast with your heart, you know? Uh, that is true. So our my neighbors... Pod-tet. My My neighbors had, uh, again, Squire, so like the fucking cheap stuff. But my neighbors had two Squire Telecasters that they were giving up. So my dad and I took those on and each customized our own. And so the one that I did was David Bowie inspired. Uh, so I put the lightning bolt on it. And then um, I really loved David Bowie had a uh, he had this really amazing uh, kimono that he got while he was in Japan on the Ziggy Stardust tour that had these, you know, that had Japanese writing on the side of it. And for a while, people were trying to figure out what it said. And they looked closer at it and they, they you know, it was tough to get a good photo of it on stage. They were never sure what it said. And they looked closer and they realized that if you translate it to Japanese. What it actually said was David Bowie. So pretty cool <laughs> little fact. Uh, so anyway, so the, I, I did the same thing on here, which is where the Japanese writing just says, it just says Midnight Ass, which has been my display name a couple <laughs> different times throughout the years. Now, what's Japanese for rigged pig? That's, I mean, I, I, I bet that it's actually it would be better than that. But I was also constrained by the fact that I had to find like a font that would have all of the letters I needed to use mm. <laughs> so that I could print it out and then stencil it on. Hey, do the work. I love I love a good graphic gag. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It does mean that I am forever putting up with like uh, whenever I show off this guitar, like I'll come off stage and somebody would be like, does that say? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure it translates correctly. Um, <laughs> I'm so. pretty sure we all paint ourselves into these corners. It doesn't just say American moron. Yeah, <laughs> Gaijin dipshit. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It it helps to one of the things that I don't like, and this is this thing that my dad shares is like uh, some guitars people buy as prestige pieces or investments. You know, like he always talked about he was. When he would play in pickup bands or jam around with like people that he worked with, he has a regular guy job. He's not professionally a drummer. He's just a multi-talented man who happens to work on the computer for his day job. Um, you know, he'd be playing with these blues lawyers who would come in and they would be playing like, you know, a $2,000 PRS uh, or, or whatever. And they would be barely stumbling through Rolling Stone songs. And he was like, this is bullshit. Why not just, uh, why not? And so he bought he bought his own like pretty sweet ass uh, Stratocaster that has like it's covered in, in sparkles. But I think that as a guitarist, for me, uh, more important than the prestige of the price tag or the the pedigree of the the than the price tag or the the pedigree of the parts you put into it. I think that what makes it fun is trying to make something that captures yourself visually and that you know gives you all of the different sounds that you want to have from it and so sometimes that requires uh popping open the inside of something and burning yourself soldering i mean who who among us hasn't burned ourselves soldering (laughs) i mean i have now did you have any interest in like electrical engineering or anything before you got into guitar shit or did that just kind of like well i gotta learn this now so i can do this thing i i definitely have always i definitely have always uh sort of liked it because i love to seem 
smarter than other people. So it's one of those things that is in my broad, it's one of those things that's in my, my broad repertoire of things that I know just enough about so that I could read like an electrical diagram and be like, okay, well, that's the capacitor. That's where the switch is supposed to go. This should go here. That's what the, those, uh, and, and my dad, who is very into all, all of this, taught me a lot of that. But it wasn't until, it wasn't until I started really getting into the mechanics of building guitars, uh, and especially over quarantine, uh, once I was getting that good money from Donald Trump, God rest his soul, uh, once I was getting the good unemployment from the big man, I was able to afford a bunch of parts and upgrade my whole stock here and do a bunch of of cool stuff that I hadn't done before. Uh, Some stuff is still beyond me. Uh, You know, like I, I haven't tried putting active electronics in something. So an active electronics is something that you use um, if you are trying to play something unlistenable, uh, then you will usually use active, which means that instead of just plucking the string, uh, instead of just plucking the string and then it makes a little electric current that goes into the amplifier, it is already sort of actively amplified and, and listened to. And there's like a battery inside the guitar. And then you have to learn sweep picking and arpeggios. And then you get in a battle with the drummer because you won't stop doing blast beats. And one of you is like, this song is about dragons. And somebody else is like, no, it's supposed to be about the Holocaust. And it's like, it's a huge hassle. So I generally don't fuck with putting active electronics in any guitars. I will stick with just the magnets. Thank you. That's how Death Clock broke up. Mm-hmm. We miss them dearly. That that's what active and passive electronics is one of those things that like as I've gotten more back into guitar shit because like I played a lot when I was in high school but then when I was in college we uh our school had like a jazz conservatory so like our school was just filled with just sick musicians who were who just like that was their whole thing mm-hmm. and all they did all day was learn how to do that and i'm sitting over there in script writing class like oh, that'd be fun to do but i gotta write scripts um <laughs> i wasn't even allowed in the conservatory buildings how dare yeah. a dirty humanities person go into one of the conservatory buildings right um so like but i the funniest didn't thing though is that yeah. sorry real quick just you know shitting on a purchase thing purchase Shoot. is known as this like big conservatory school and oh there's all the conservatories there are more people in the school of humanities than all of the conservatories combined just Damn. saying yeah yeah oh we yeah it, it's social we also had like a science and math building like yeah fuck all of you yeah though like the god the idea of going to suny purchase for math Social sciences, I believe, is what we had. Anyway, continue. You could hear all the cool jazz people in the building I wasn't allowed in. Uh, yeah, so, like, I, I didn't really do a lot of, like, playing out uh, in college. It was mostly just, like, me playing unplugged in my room because I had a I had a Fender amp, but if you turn those things over, like, 0.5 volume, it's just deafening, and I didn't want to, like, piss off everybody in my building. Um but it wasn't until a couple years ago when I like started gigging again and joined the band and like really started making a run at like songwriting and shit like that as like a work thing that like, I realized there's just so much of this shit that like, I don't fully grok, but then I realized, Oh wait, you don't have to. (laughs) No. I mean, style, style doesn't come from style. Doesn't come from knowing everything and picking and choosing from that style comes from what you're able to do and making and making that work for you like i think that i don't think that i'm necessarily a good guitar player but i have a style and i'm able to play the things that i like and it's very rare for me to want 
to play something that I can't. I'll occasionally develop a new skill. It's been known to happen. But uh, oh, but speaking of, here's a little here's a little fact for you. Uh, when it comes to your problem you're having with uh, turning up the amplifier, that happens on most amplifiers because what's inside it, the, the what's inside the knob is what's called a potentiometer, and uh, the increase in I'm probably using the wrong word in amplitude is exponential, which means that uh, it's or it's the not exponential, it's the other one goes in a curve like one of the the curves that goes over chronological oh yeah well it means it means that when you, when you're turning it up it means that it's not evenly going from one two three four five six seven eight nine up to ten and then uh eleven if you're nobody touch it nobody say it 11 on some amplifiers uh what you're actually doing when you turn it between one and two is going from like one one k uh, I don't know, you know, 1K uh, uh, voltage up to like 10K and then again up to like 100,000 once you get up to three. So anything anything past three, you're in better shape and there's a little bit more variance, but it, it fucks you up every time. It's tough to practice at home. Get headphones, kids. I um, the the uh, the amp that I bought uh, about a year and change ago for, for the longest time I was playing through this like kind of shitbox amp that i'd picked up for a while that was like a head and a cabinet so it was just like a pain in the ass to move mm -hmm. and it was heavy and it just didn't sound particularly good um but i grabbed one of those uh fender has a series called the tone master which yeah. is basically just like boom done i need my tone mastered why am i even let's go exactly um where it's it's essentially just a uh, a twin reverb or a deluxe reverb, but it's the like digital equivalent. So rather than mm -hmm. it being like, you know, all the analog shit in there, it's just like really amazing, like computer replicas of that. Um, yeah. But it it and as opposed to a normal uh, twin reverb, it doesn't weigh 75 pounds, um, which is not an exaggeration. <laughs> Um, but it comes with it, it has a little like potentiometer on the back of it where it can go from like 0.5 watts all the way yeah, up to like that helps a lot 20 or yeah it rules regrettably cause... amplifiers sound better the louder you turn them but i don't know it, yeah. as far as a general philosophy of, of doing guitar shit and being enthusiastic about it like anything else in the world nothing will make you hate your hobby more than talking to people you don't know who also like it <laughs> it's it's just the worst possible fucking thing. That's that's just Reddit. Exactly. It's it's anything. It's always really funny, uh, you know, when you're looking for advice about uh, I don't know, like a, a wiring problem that you're having with something that, that you end up going into a, a forum thread from like 2007 and different guys with avatars of Obi Wan Kenobi holding a, a Les Paul or whatever are just arguing with each other over how, I don't know, what ultimate tone is and how you should throw away anything that was made after 1985 or, I don't know, Ugh. completely, completely full of shit. Yeah, I, you know, it occurred to me recently, though, like, when I was first, like, getting into music and, and guitar shit, um, and just like now, I've been chasing that Trey Anastasio tone for, like, half my life. Sure um, the fuck have. <laughs> I got into guitar stuff before there was guitar YouTube, which mm. like, I think if there had been guitar YouTube when I was a teen, I would be on a completely different life path than yeah. I am today. I think today. if there hadn't been guitar YouTube now, I would have had a very different quarantine. That's true. <laughs> That's true. It's fucked up. Uh, 
uh, children now get to just have uh, so much more stuff that we didn't even even like clothing. Like we didn't have a, a Zara. We didn't have an H&M where I grew up when I was when I was in high school. But like it was impossible to get like cool clothes at all. And now they just get to have cool clothes and they just get to learn about whatever they want at any time on YouTube instead of trying to read an all caps post from a, a grandpa yeah. who has been working on telecasters for half his life. Or like trying to decipher some tabs from an issue of Premier Guitar. Yeah. <laughs> or like going to someone's like fucking like weird GeoCities page with flashing animation and reading a bunch of shit in Comic Sans. Spinning Ugh. skull gifts, leaving them something yeah. in the guest book. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, good for them. But still. I'm happy for them. I do remember a day when like a bunch of the big tab sites all went down because like there was some chance that they might be a copy, a copyright issue and it feeling like, well, music is over <laughs> if there just aren't tab like, sites anymore. But turns out that only lasted like a week. If I can't find the way to do the banana splits theme, it's like losing the <laughs> library of Alexandria. <laughs> The good thing, actually, the fun thing about a lot of the tab sites is that it's one of the few places where the metadata is so poorly arranged that you can still get the, like, LimeWire level of understanding of what a song or band is called. <laughs> like, you'll still be finding, like, My Sharona by the Ramones. And it's like, ah, oh, this yep. takes me back. I love that song. Or Fish's cover of Gin and Juice. Yeah. It's, it's considering the internet and, the and, like, the culture and everything, it's wild to me that more musical musical acts is such a weird way to put it but more musicians don't people are gonna cover your song whether you mm -hmm. put a real tab out or not and when mm -hmm. you leave it up to people to fucking home source these tabs a lot of times they come out very wrong like yes. I like I just I don't understand I mean I guess there's some like legal whatever like but I don't understand like so many bands hesitation to like put out real tabs of their songs like people are gonna cover them whether they put them out or not so, like, I don't know, I guess Universal wants to make money off it, but, like, Universal, you already own, like, 90% of the bands in the world. Fuck off. Like, Well, you know, many of, many of the structures that are about copyright and music really come from a time when, uh, like, buying the sheet music counted as a sale of a song. Right. Yeah. Because if you're fucking like the sheet when 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 the guy at the saloon would buy the fucking sheet music for tie a yellow ribbon and be playing your song that counted as a sale of it. Right. So that has ended up carrying through. And as you know, of course, people with more money than God, whose brains are already in space, communing with each other, like are in control of of this intellectual property. So and don't forget uh, it. Yep. So stuff like tablature stuff like tablature and guitar chords ends up in this weird shadow zone where sometimes you get popped and sometimes you can't like prince was one of those people who was incredibly intense about this and so for a long time it was really hard to find good prince tabs but that's fine because all those songs are so easy to figure out by ear it's not a big deal um it's also because prince was convinced that the internet was gonna steal his soul similar to like you know old victorian people who were afraid of having their photograph taken yeah, he was really worried that that train was going to hit him when he saw that movie. <laughs> and yeah, so it's it's ridiculous. But it is uh, without guitar tab websites and the various and it's always funny because of the way that they're managed. It is still a way that you get to have a peek into an older and older Internet. Like it's always possible that when you read a guitar tab, it will have like an an ASCII drawing 
uh, put together oh, yeah. of like Billy Joel at the top of it and, th- and be like, this is made by XX Duffinga Freaka XX. Yeah. <laughs> ukulele tabs too. I don't play guitar, yep. but when I look for ukulele tabs, for sure. And then sometimes if they don't have the ukulele tab, I have to go to a guitar tab site just to get the chords. You feel you feel like you are reading the ancient texts. Kind of, like you're yeah. Like you're blowing the dust off of something, which is always a, a nice feeling. Because otherwise, we're down to basically, what, three websites that we go to every day that we use yeah. to click links to other websites if we're willing to read past the headline. So Pretty much. I do sort of miss the days of, like, the bespoke tab site for a particular band. Yes. And God bless those weirdos. Oh, yeah. Like, there, there's a couple that I still go to that, like, have been around for decades now and they just like still look like a myspace mm-hmm. or not a myspace like a geocities this ju- that somebody vomited a bunch of ween tabs on but like i'd be sad if it was gone those those were always and because they were made by the people who were the most obsessive about it they were usually the most accurate so like there was somebody who had done chords for the entirety of the magnetic fields's career Okay. And for whatever reason, those tabs had not migrated over to the, the places that aggregate them, like Ultimate Guitar or whatever. And so I would end up, I, I would always forget to bookmark it and end up on a multi-hour journey to find my way to navigate through a website that still had frames on it to get to play Luckiest Guy on the Lower East Side uh, from somebody's old website. I had, the sa- I had the same experience with the Mountain Goats song, Thank You, Mario, Your Princess is in Another Castle. <laughs> So uh, n- now I think we should really uh, uh, get into the the Marin portion of it. <laughs> um, Mike Pfeiffer, who are your guys? Uh, wow. Thank. Uh, hey, listen, man. Uh, number one, I hate going to the fucking post office. You know, it's like I gotta. I guess I could plug in and play a little like not very good blues guitar for you guys too and complete it. Um, don't tempt him because he will. As, as you may have heard from the fact that uh, I don't use a lot of pedals and that I uh, don't care about my equipment that much in the, in the way that many people do, uh, my main guys are all, for the most part, it's pretty simple. If I had to pick a top three, the first one would be Malcolm Young from ACDC, who was actually the rhythm guitar player, which to me means that he is the guy who played the part of the song that everybody remembers. Yeah. Like as as cool as as cool as it is again to be a little gremlin and jump around in a schoolboy costume, like when you're thinking of Back in Black, you're thinking of dun 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 and that's and that's Malcolm Young. And so Malcolm Young, he was he was also a tiny man. Just the 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 young brothers are just Lilliput were just Lilliputian drunkards. They're Australian, right? Yeah. Well, so their their whole philosophy came from uh, the way that live music got really popular in Australia, which is that basically the drinking age got lowered to 18. And it was at the time, the technology was not there to have like a good jukebox or like a DJ the way that you'd have it now. The same DJs that we're acquainted with being kicked out for so that people can listen to and watch music videos of uh, emo songs that they liked at around 11. Mm-hmm. Um so at the time, damn, let's just go, let's run a, let's run a high pass filter on this later and take out my bitterness. But, uh, <laughs> so what you would do in, in Australia. So what happened was there was an explosion of, there was an entirely new demographic of people who are able to go to the rock, who were able to go to bars and clubs. So every bar would set up a shitty PA and you would haul your equipment in and you would play a song that drunk people would be able to understand and remember. 
So you this just sounds like going to any bar in Hollywood. Well, so so you became ACDC is you play a song that has maybe that has every song is just like three chords and the chorus is the name of the song about 18 times. Mm-hmm. Right. And so and it's always about rock and roll. That's right. Because at the end of the day, folks, rock and roll rocks. That's what I, that's my philosophy. Yeah. You know what? It worked for them, though. I always tease Brandon about uh, about being a lead guitarist as opposed to a rhythm guitarist because uh, whenever he's like doing guitarist. things and I'll come in and he'll be I'll be like that's because you're a terrible rhythm guitarist and you have no <laughs> idea what the chords to your songs are. Whenever I make lots of jokes about him and Inkblot because uh, their their rhythm guitarist is uh, uh, Maddie Fazio who has been on the show uh, and she is a great rhythm guitarist and Brandon doesn't know the chords to their songs. No, no, not not at all. Um, I mean, I I have I have learned them a little bit over the years, but yeah, for the most part, whenever uh, a new Inkblot song happens, uh, they're like, we could tell you the chords. I'm like, no, 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 just, just go. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> oh, if, if Brandon had to stand in for Maddie one day, they just wouldn't have a show. Oh yeah. It'd be, it'd you be, just do the be... squeedling. Listen, here's the thing. You take that, you take the bass guitar is always going on the route. You just crank up that bass. Don't worry about it, brother. Go blast on through. I don't know. I'm just, I'm one of those people that very much feels like, uh, the, similar to how i'm like oh it's a lot harder to like because i grew up doing uh i I grew up as a singer so i'm like you know what it's a lot harder to be an alto than it is to be a soprano it's a lot harder to Mm -hmm. remember your your uh harmony than it is to just know the melody to a song similarly i think it's a lot harder to be a rhythm guitarist and have to be holding it down and not showboating and knowing everything thank you to just like get up there and be like I, I'm going to I'm going to file that away in my compliments I will give myself column. Uh, no, I'm I'm definitely more of a rhythm guitarist than a lead guitarist, even though I'm getting better. Uh, but the, the fun thing about fucking uh, about Malcolm Young is that he was the rhythm guitarist uh, of ACDC basically because he wanted to be able to get more drunk during shows. Sure. And he thought that he thought that he could be more trashed and still play rhythm. So he was like, fuck it. I'll do I'll I'll Jokes do that part of Highway to Hell. And then you get in there and you you play the leads and then we're good, uh, which I relate to and respect a lot. Mind you. I should not get that drunk during shows, but what are you going to do? Yeah, doing shows is one of the few things I won't do high or too mm. high. Can't have you getting distracted. No. Uh, so yeah, he's he's one of my main guys, and he also is is a person with a very simple setup. He had uh he had a guitar. It was a Gretsch, I think, is a Gretsch Superjet, which doesn't mean anything to anybody. But uh, it had three pickups in it, and he ripped them out one by one throughout their career until at the end uh, there was only one pickup in it in the bridge, <laughs> and he. What happened? Sorry, uh, the cat. The cat just the cat has been all up in my shit for this entire recording. She just tried to jump from my amp to uh-huh. uh, my chair, uh, which she's done a few times today. And I sort of get and like my hand was there. I was trying to make it very clear. Hey, don't jump. She did it anyway and just missed completely and Failed got her stunt. like first two claws on and then just sort of plummeted Wasted. and had yeah. like made like the saddest sound. It was so funny. <laughs> It's good to watch animals fail. Uh, it really is. I know that that's the theory. That's the theory of almost every video on the internet. But nonetheless, to see an animal in your own home who's usually able to gracefully do things that you could not do, just totally beef it, it always means a lot yeah. to say. It's that or what if a hot person ate something? Yeah. 
and that's you know what and that's fine that's really all it should be no news forget it <laughs> um but yeah so malcolm young just played this guitar that he took all the shit out of directly into an amplifier with nothing in between it uh which is fine for me i don't like carrying stuff i guess that's the other part of my philosophy and i'm lucky because in new york you don't even have to bring an amplifier most of the time when you play a show because every place has a uh, has a back line uh so i don't fucking worry about it i know i have like one pedal that i use to make sure that i can be a little bit overdriven and distorted and then sometimes something to make it a little bit louder but that's it and that's the that's the malcolm young school of thought basically there's a purity to that that I really, really do respect. Thank you. Um, that's the only time that purity has been ascribed to me. <laughs> um, but yes, and I mean, ACDC songs are great to learn when you are first starting to play guitar because they are all baby's first rock song, both both as far as when you heard them in your life and how easy they are to play. And it's just fucking satisfying. So you do that forever. It's like that. the two paths are that or Metallica. Yes. <laughs> like that or you learn Inner Sandman. I don't know. Every dude I went to college with either knew um, one Dispatch song or one Green Day song. And uh, oh, if you true. guys know which one it is, you went to college at the same time as me. It was a decorated <laughs> general with the heart of yeah, gold. Yeah, it was the general. I can him to all the stories he told. No man ever showed up to a party in college with an acoustic guitar with good intent. And I say this full well knowing that Brandon was the person who would bring his acoustic guitar to every party when yep, we were Brandon. in college. Until I told him he wasn't allowed to anymore. Good, because Brandon Because he would bring did. me to parties with people I didn't know and then disappear to just go play guitar in the other room. Oh, that's like, well, you know, I, I made, a, I made a, a promise to myself, not not unlike Batman, like sitting, dying in the chair, waiting for the bat to break the window. The promise that I made myself when I started playing guitar was that I would not be an acoustic guitar guy, that I would not touch. I would not touch it or Dane touch it unless it was specifically requested. And it has happened maybe three times in my life. And it was usually another guitarist who was waiting for his turns so that he could just do his thing. Uh, so you're not so going to drop classical gas at the next uh, baby show? Oh, God, yeah. I have enough classical gas as it is, folks. <laughs> That's my favorite flavor of Four Loco. <laughs> hmm? Oh, they have a hemp-flavored Four Loco, by the way. Have I told Ew. you about this? It's so it's so terrible I couldn't finish it, and my body's a fucking super fun to sight. Here's the thing, though. Look, weed is good, but the taste of hemp is bad. Yeah. No, it's bad. Oh, it's so bad. And it's not like it's not even like it has CBD in it or something. It's just like, hey, do you want to drink bong water in a 40? That's like I had to buy a bunch of herbal cigarettes for the shoot the other day. And when I called one place, I was like, do you have the herbal cigarettes? They were like, we have hemp cigarettes. And I was like, absolutely not. That's absolutely. not what I'm looking for. We can't do for. this to people. They're going to be nasty to, to smoke either way, but I will not do that to people specifically. I could just give people cigarettes, I would, but like ethically and legally, I'm not allowed to give the actors drugs, so I have to. So even though everyone is old enough and both we and both um cigarettes and alcohol are legal, I had to create fake alcohol and give them fake cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And everybody was so mad that they were nasty. And I'm like, sorry, I'm not legally or ethically empowered to give <laughs> you guys real drugs. I would if I could. Signed, Prop Master. Don Draper was smoking these shits. Get the stick out of your ass. Relax. <laughs> so we got we got Mr. Young. Who are yeah. your other guys? Um, so the reason that I play a, a Tele Custom is because it was I was in the market for a new guitar. I was feeling uh, I had built the I had built the, the 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 SG that I had played for a long time, and I actually it's it taken me a while, but now I, I love playing it again. But for a while, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing with fixing it, and so it didn't sound that good. And I had the David Bowie guitar that I just showed off that is still cheap 
uh, and so it didn't sound great, and I have since upgraded it to be something that I like playing. And I was like, what if I had, what if I tried out, and I know this is wild, what if I tried buying a guitar that was assembled by a professional and didn't electrocute me and had high quality <laughs> parts in it? What if we tried that for once? Sounds fishy. I went back and I thought, and I thought about, I don't even want to hear that from you right now, bro. The, oh, that was not even, uh, I know. No, no, no. It's just too deep in you. You've got the sickness. That, that sounds like it would set off a widespread panic. WSP sucks. Now get off my twiddle. Fuck you. So sorry. You got stuck in the middle of that small marital spat. That's okay. <laughs> what is this show? If not a barely contained marital spat, uh, we'll do the, I'm, we'll, I'm down to do some counseling after this. I love guitars and I hate fish. Let me get, let me help bridge this gap. Um, yes. so, uh, so yeah, so I was trying to look at the other people who had setups that I like or had tones that I was chasing. And it's honestly, uh, it's, it's Nicholas Arson from the hives. The hives are actually one of my favorite bands. Where are they from? They're from Sweden, baby. Okay. I watched a rig rundown, uh, with those guys and I just could not parse their accents. They're from Sweden. And the thing about Sweden is that, uh, before the garage rock revival, which usually include besides the hives, um besides the hives uh, sorry the the face that i just made that was smiling was the new york state department of labor indicating that since filing for my uninsurance i i will now i may be eligible for a new uninsurance claim which is badass yeah yeah mine expired here in california and i have no recourse (laughs) it'll just disappear one day like a miracle right it's truly sick to not have to worry about that as much as I possibly have to go into another surgery where they remove a piece of my ass and I have to lie on my side for about a month. Anyway, uh, but yeah, it turns out that that guy just plays a, a Telecaster custom, which is a, a slightly different type of Telecaster. Don't sweat it. Not worth getting into. He plays a Telecustom basically going directly into, again, directly into an amplifier that he has turned the knob labeled distortion all the way up on. Done fucking done dude i do not want to have to deal with this i don't like hauling around pedals i don't like i don't like having a big pedal board it's too much effort for me so let me just get that guitar and one of the things that i like about the hives i think that the hives are in many ways the smarter acdc the sentence that nobody has ever asked for or needed but i'm prepared to offer you today passing the savings on to you isn't that just the darkness well no the darkness i think are don't even get me into we're not going to get into the darkness right now we'll save save it um the hives are all of their song structures and the chords are very simple they're very easy songs to play uh but they sound really cool and they make you feel as angry as you are when you were 14 years old all the time it gets you just super pumped constantly super into that that's why i mm-hmm. listen to lit yeah yeah let's fucking go bro I, I highly suggest if you haven't listened to tyrannosaurus hives lately do yourself a favor. Still a fucking banger of an album. Plus, they all wear the same suits. Obviously, that made an impression. Um, and so, yeah, Nicholas Arson is the. Uh, I think that they swap lead and rhythm in that guitar in that in that, in that uh, band too. But they have this very angular rhythmic sound that goes along with very simple chord structure that I really liked. Uh, they're the type of guys where you are, you will rarely find a minor chord or, God forbid, a seventh uh in any of their songs so it means they're pretty easy to play and this is something that i taught myself to play uh and i just i enjoy that ethos a lot and also all with the exception of the sg all of my guitars are pretty much black and white in some way they're black and then i usually put like a white pearl pick guard on them 
Uh, and so I adopted that from him. And, you know, I, I watched his video where after putting on the sweatiest, craziest, packed, jumping around show of all time, he's very reservedly like, well, this is uh, the Telecustom. It's a good guitar. It has a humbucker, but I don't really use that. Uh, there's a single coil right over here. This one is a... Uh, it's another telecustom might use that if i go out of tune and so i was like oh fuck it all right i'll just get one of those um but yeah so that's that's one of my was my main inspirations as far as trying to keep things simple for myself and also being very very loud that you know that all makes a lot of uh, a lot of sense and and as you've been explaining all this like i've really realized like how like how we could not be farther apart in terms of like guitar philosophy <laughs> mm -hmm. um but i i i really dig that sort of simplicity and like sometimes kind of wish i had a little bit of that because like i do like i i love my my big unwieldy pedal rig like i i, I like having a, a thing that i can just kind of look down at and be like okay this is home base it's right here you know I, I love to be able to press a couple of buttons and make my guitar sound like a cat dying perfect yeah excellent it's it's been a cat more specifically i suppose a cat that's been shot out of the airlock uh and the echoes yeah. of its pain are reaching back to you <laughs> out of the clon centaur space station sad the the only outlier as far as one of the influences to me is i guess eddie van halen which is inspiration to everybody, blah, blah, blah. Pretty pretty trite one to say. But the thing about most Van Halen songs is that they actually have the same, as far as the rhythm playing in them, it has a lot of the same attitude as the other simple guitarists that I was describing. Like, to me, as cool as Eruption is, or whatever the solos are in all the songs, the best part of Panama is the beginning of it where the, the drums are going so dun, 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 dun. like that's an that's an excellent that's an excellent riff and it's fairly simple to learn and it uh, it it just gets you fucking going or like in my opinion my humble opinion as a stupid man uh dance the night away may actually be one of the most beautiful songs of all time. There has very rarely been a song that feels so much like you have stepped out on a veranda while slightly drunk and you're having a wonderful time. Uh, and it's huh. in a, uh, and that also has what is comparatively a very simple guitar riff compared to what you imagine when you're thinking about playing Van Halen. You're You're using... I think that an A chord is the second position or whatever. But you're basically you're using you're using very simple chords and structures, uh, and they can be repetitive, but it keeps you it keeps you grounded before you attempt to launch yourself into the stratosphere with a bunch of uh, squeedlies and meedlies and dive bombs and everything. And I just sort of take that whole part out and don't sweat it. I don't think that I've ever used a, a whammy bar in my life, and if I do, call the police. Because something is wrong. You put together a uh, a Van Halen version of a BTS song. I did do a I I, I was contractually obligated to uh, I was contractually obligated to do a cover of BTS's song Dynamite. I think I was like, if this gets 100 likes or whatever, if we reach a certain follower count, I'll cover Dynamite by BTS. And I was sitting there trying to figure out how to record it, and I was getting pissed because I'm not good at figuring out i don't know i'm not good at like figuring out what synthesizer sound is good to use or whatever so i knew i couldn't do it close to the original recording so i figured i would just play it like a song that i would actually like to play 
and I like to do impressions of David Lee Roth. Uh, so yeah, while that was very fun to listen to, you were not there for the many hours alone uh, attempting to figure out how close I could get to Eddie. I, ultimately, what I had to do to play the solo parts in that song was to record the entire rest of it with the rhythm and stuff, and then slow the tempo down in GarageBand like 20 beats per minute and then play the leads and then speed it back up to where it went so that it sounded normal. Oh, I've absolutely done that. I have yeah. absolutely done that. All the, pre- I mean, I'm sure that stuff like that, that is the unspoken auto tune of guitarists is being able to use a digital audio workstation and make the song slower so that you can make yourself sound cool. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Quant- being able to quantize synth drums has saved yep. my fucking life because otherwise mm-hmm. all of my music would sound like a fucking like trolley cart that was falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, Eddie Van Halen, that's the other. It's again more for the, the I am the classic type of guy who believes that Eddie Van Halen is a great rhythm guitar player. Um, but I consider myself that. So I get it. Yeah, I, that would have you're I think the only person I've ever heard like who got that lesson from Van Halen cuz I think he's one of he's one of those guys that so many generations of shredder dudes have learned yes. the wrong lessons from. Well, and you know, he's also one of those he is I I would say in Les Paul himself who is, you know, the guy who is who who was the inspiration for and and helped create the prototype for what we think of as one of the two main electric guitars was himself a guy who loved hot rodding his guitars and was always adding new weird electronics into it and trying new stuff. And like, if you look at the Les Paul that Les Paul himself played, it had so many fucking buttons. It looked like he was participating in the moon landing. It was insane. Um, but, uh, a new wave of sort of guitar hot rodding and customization and, and picking things out for yourself was really kicked off by Eddie Van Halen because he started this arms race after eruption, really after, you know, after everybody heard eruption, it's like, Jesus, how the fuck do I do that? Besides listening to old gypsy jazz records and figuring out how to do tapping. Yeah. Oh, now I just remembered Gogo Bordello exists. Oh yeah. They're around They're They're working on the super theory of super everything and what have you. And that will save us all in 2022. <laughs> I, I at Bonnaroo one year I saw a super jam of Gogo Bordello, Les Claypool, and Kirk Hammett from Metallica doing Tom Waits songs for two hours. That sounds that sounds fucking listenable as hell, bro. It would it was more listenable than you'd expect. God damn. Who was playing I mean tangent, but who was playing guitar for Gogo Bordello? I forget what they're it, it wasn't because Eugene Hutz just does the the jumping around, right? Um he he had a guitar and and i i think i think gogo bordello does have a like dedicated guitar player i just am not sure which of the like it said oren kaplan was the guitarist from 2000 to 2012 and michael ward has been the guitarist since 2012 that's what google says oh then it was it was probably the first guy um seems like uh oren kaplan in 2012 former guitarist oren kaplan sued him for personal damages that probably didn't end very well yeah i couldn't i couldn't tell you which of the like cast of characters he was on stage because that 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 band is they're another group that has like a really strong visual presentation as soon as your bands once you get over four members in the band you start you will end up having 20 members in the band 
Yes. That is generally what happens is you start you start expanding out further and then you write something in the studio where somebody has to play piano on it. You're like, oh, well, I guess now we need a piano to tour with. And then that person ends up in the fucking studio with you. And before you know it, you have uh, married the woman who plays the xylophone. We never should have banged. Yeah. So I um fucking yeah, those are I, I, those are the main the main influences on the way that I play and 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 the stuff. And, so, you know, Eddie Van Halen famously, of course, has the Frankenstrat, which is the one that he and I'm very inspired by his uh, shitty amateurish. Is that the stripey one? That's the stripey one that he painted. He painted himself. And I'm very inspired, of course, by his shitty amateurish use of uh, spray of uh, what do you call it? hardware store spray paint to finish his guitar because that's basically what I do all the time. Um, and so after everybody saw, as everybody was trying to figure out how to make themselves sound like Eddie Van Halen, many people's solution was to build their own guitar from the various parts that were available and make it their own and add a Floyd Rose to it. Another thing that I will not touch because it's it's not worth it to me. What's a, what's a Floyd Rose? Come on. No, I like I know it's a thing, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> Uh, it's a, it's a special type of, uh, it's, it's more of a, it's technically called, it's technically a vibrato bar. We call it a tremolo. Uh, it, yeah, it's the, the bar that you hit that makes it go. And the special thing about, so tell, uh, Stratocasters have one, but unless you set it up right, you can really only make these strings. You really only make the pitch of a given note go lower because of the way that it rocks back and forth in the body. But what a Floyd Rose does is two things. And first of all, you carve out more space behind the bridge so you can yank that motherfucker back and make the squeedlies go up squeedlier. And then uh, the other thing that it does is uh, pulling on your strings like that fucks up your tuning so that once you come out of your amazing arpeggiated sweep picking and all of your running up and down the neck and, and doing your dive bombs and stuff. You go back to try and play your rhythm part and you sound like shit because you put your guitar out of tune. So what a Floyd Rose does is it locks the strings in place at the nut, which is up by the head and at the bridge and keeps you in tune at the cost of it being it sounding like shit. If you ever break a string and it being insanely annoying to have to deal with if you ever have to change a string, which is why I personally would not bother. Fuck it. I don't have that kind of time. Yeah, that that seems like one of those things that's just like a step to like abstract thinking for me. Like like I've always kind of wanted to get a Telecaster that has a, a, a B-bender in it, which is a kind of similar thing. Like if you've ever heard Brad Paisley play guitar, um, yeah. it's this thing in the neck where you can basically pull it, like you can pull the neck upwards and it will like tighten uh the b string so it sounds almost like a like it's bending up almost like a steel guitar um yeah and it sounds so cool but it's like that's another level that's like another level of calculus to please don't give me more things to think about when i'm playing this guitar i am a a stupid man i don't need more to do here yeah um i'm the same way with like in my pedal board i do like it to be as simple as possible like i don't like to have to like fuck with things during a show i like i really like to get it just set so i can just press a button and then that's it because like if i have to suddenly like think it all i am just gonna be face first on the floor and it's gonna be bad (laughs) it is i i generally find that uh you you run into the 31 flavors of ice cream problem when you uh, at least for me i run into the 31 flavors of ice cream problem if you give me too many options to do anything 
which is that many of them are going to essentially taste the same to me. And so I still become paralyzed with choice about what the nuances of the difference between the two will actually mean. So like, yeah, I have, I do have this thing. It's a, it's called the line six M 13 and it's a giant heavy box that simulates like a hundred different pedals in it. And then you can set up your own digital pedal board without having to own each of those individual pedals and switch between the things. But it is annoying to have to figure out whether a given song needs you to use the copy of the tube screamer or the copy of the Proco rat. I don't care. I really, it's, <laughs> the, the differences are, you know, I, I share more opinions despite how much I know about all these different things. Uh, I share more opinions with the people who find it banal probably than with the people who find it fascinating. Uh, Cause perhaps there is a, perhaps there is a time and a place for everything and, and it has its uses. Like, my partner is also not thrilled with the amount of guitars that I've acquired, but occasionally I don't care how many guitars he has. I just wish he played the other ones. <laughs> well, it's important to, are they all electric? Or are they acoustic? Two of them are electric. Two of them are acoustic. He does play one of the acoustic ones sometimes when he's like writing and wants to be quiet. Yeah. Yeah. What's the other electric or the electrics? Uh, the orange one and the red one. <laughs> yeah. You get a good tone from orange, but I found that green has a creamier sound in the mid. Yeah. The orange has 24 frets, which, like, is the only thing I, I don't like about my Telecasters. I wish I had access to that high, high E. I agree. Um, you should be able to play more notes. You aren't playing enough notes. And I think the I think the red one is a hollow body. Yes. Yeah, I knew one term. That's good. I'm sending you your, your medal. <laughs> the red one's like an epiphone like dot, it's a dot. casino it's probably, a dot. it's probably probably a dot um and the green I one is this know. like schecter thing that i know nothing about other than that it's it, pretty good for the the squeedlies and i know that the black one is a martin acoustic electric and it's got a really thin body which is kind of cool yeah yeah that that thing that that thing is partly how i learned how to play lead guitar because like it it looks like an acoustic, but it mm -hmm. it's thin enough, and I put like light enough strings on it that I can play it like an electric. So I can do like really big bends and like a lot of the stuff that I would do on an electric, just you know, quieter. Yeah, that's the guitar he had in college. He's had that one the longest, as far as I know. So I know a little bit about that one. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about me is that because I'm a stage tech, I can hook up all your shit. I just don't know what any of it does or is. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to actually rewire the bottom of my pedal board soon. I can't do that. <laughs> yes, get the gaffer tape in there. Ooh, baby! I have so much gaff tape. Are you kidding? Let's make sure. You, listen, you're gonna want to put the glow in the dark around the edges so he doesn't trip over. I actually do have glow in the dark gaff tape. That's not a joke. Oh, wonderful. I also have regular. I have I have several types of glow tape. I have several colors of gaff tape. I have several colors of spike tape. Hell yeah! Big ass thing. A bunch of tapes. I love, man, I fucking love tapes. As I fuck with my various guitars, the Telecaster in particular, it took a while for me to make it look the way that I wanted, and it's gone through a couple of different iterations. But I used to work at a fashion company, and they would be testing new leathers all the time. Because what happened is, when you're getting ready to do your new season of stuff, you take the colors that you want to make and the treatments of leather that you want to make, and you send them to the factory overseas and they turn a river purple and make all the fish have three eyes because they give you, they send you back basically a whole cow skin or a whole pig skin or whatever it is, send you a whole skin of your insane leather. 
And sometimes it comes back and you try to make a shoe with it. And it turns out that that doesn't fucking work. So you just have a whole, you have a whole, in my case, it was like a whole skin of of peacock iridescence Safia. And so Safia is like, um, I feel like Chanel is the, is the, brand that usually uses this it has a sort of an embossed pebbly texture it's kind of hard and so but they tried to use this to to make a shoe in a bag and they're like eh, it's not for us they just had this lying around and so now it lives in my house as i build occasional leather things with it um and so you cut yourself on a bunch of these i would just cut myself off strips of all these scraps and tape them to my guitars because i just love having all these different colors to play with. And I feel the same way about, about tapes, which is like, uh, you just, I'm, I'm, if you put something that is hot pink in front of me or, or neon, I'm going to throw it in my cart until I realize that I'm about to overdraw my bank account. Yep. Well then all that being said, Hey, if people wanted to find more Mike Pfeiffer content, I will generally, nobody has ever requested more Mike Pfeiffer content specifically, so I will redirect you to the works of the Hell Yeah Babies. I think that'll be much more appreciated. You can go to thehellyeahbabies.com if you're so inclined, and that has links to everything else. Uh, you can go to twitter.com slash hellyeahbabies or instagram.com slash hellyeahbabies for those. Uh, those are the only two places where you drop the the. Every place else, I would highly, highly suggest subscribing to twitch.tv slash the hell yeah babies which is where we do our monthly music video stream which is called i want my hyb and like i said every every month a whole bunch of bangers everybody's cute the chat is popping off it's great everybody's really hot it's pretty weird yeah um but uh the other thing that is very important right now is that we actually just launched a patreon so if you go to patreon.com slash the hell yeah babies that is where you can find that uh, you, you, if you join at the various levels that you can join at, uh, you'll be able to get things like, uh, demos from our back catalog of songs you may already love or songs that we have not put on an album yet that you get to hear an early version of. There are things like we have a wonderful discord community that everybody has a nice time on and we watch movies on Saturday nights. You can join us. Uh, you get to join us there and have special little swag for being from Patreon. Uh, there's weekly playlists from each of us. And the most exciting thing of all is that if you join at the highest level, we are doing a special limited edition reissue of our first album, our crowdfunded first album, All the Things That You Believe on pink vinyl, which is going to be very exciting. So if you join now at the high level, I think until like April, until the end of April, it's the first 60 days. If you join now at that level, then uh, we will mail you a copy of that. And thank you profusely for supporting our, our hobby for sure going to be in our house oh thank yeah you. um i'm <laughs> i'm, you, I'm signing up for the patreon as we speak excellent we were it's, waiting till is... after the first because we're poor and we had rent to pay oh no listen I, I get that sometimes you gotta you gotta cut the patreon off before the rent payment then figure out where you're at and readdress which people you're sending your monthly cash oh, yeah. to because it launched on like the 26th and I was like, oh, I'm going to sign up for this today. And it's like, you will be billed today and then it will rebill on the first. Yeah, let's take a second, folks. Yeah, um, our um, we launched it. We ended up launching it like during the last uh, I want my HYB because we, we realized that we had a bunch of ads in there for it. And it was like, wait, are people just going to remember to do this on Monday? No, let's just do this now. Yeah, that's fair. So anyways, that's where you find all of the Hell Yeah Baby stuff. Uh, and thank you guys for having me on. As usual, a hoot. 
a holler. Thank you for coming on. This is yeah. very enlightening and such a great outlet for Brandon. Maybe I won't have to hear about pedals for a whole 24 hours. Yeah, and I barely even talked about uh, Tranastasio. Barely. That was on purpose. That was a, oh, oh, yeah. a, a, good, a good bit of sleight of hand from all of us here in the booth trying to keep <laughs> that from happening. Uh, but yeah, Brandon, you can just text me, bud. Save your marriage. Text me about pedals. Oh, it's oh, fine. It, well, it's only if he wants to like have somebody have any other opinion about it should he text you. He talks to me. I don't know what he's sure. talking about, but he, I listen. I just don't know what it means. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I uh, My girlfriend is never going to retain that I believe that Tara Strong would have played the Winona Ryder role if they made a an, uh, an alien cartoon based in the Alien Resurrection universe after that movie came out. It just doesn't matter to her, and that's fine. I can tell somebody else about it. Actually, I told I both know who Tara Strong is and absolutely see what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll, I'll text you about that later, so yeah. she doesn't have to hear about it. <laughs> see, I'm all about, like, those that era of, like... um early 2000s cartoon i mean she was on all the dc stuff she's done voices on everything she's done one, like, well on if you if you ever want to have me back on to talk about all of the like extreme ghostbusters godzilla the animated series and men in black the animated series give me an excuse to binge watch those and be back oh yeah we're gonna bring you on for a murray the mantis episode oh boy brandon <laughs> what's your stuff yeah, so um, if you want to find more of my mess, uh, I'm at Hell Yes Brandon across all of the uh, social hellholes on the internet, um, which, like, once I became friends with y'all, um, I was like, oh, I, I'm I'm Hell Yes, you guys are Hell Yeah, oh boy, because <laughs> I was originally going to make my band camp Hell Yes Brandon, but I was like, but I was like, I, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. Well, it's kind of you. You've put yourself in like an asylum films thing, where if like Grandma is looking for Hell Yeah Babies at the Blockbuster and she sees that Hell Yes Brandon is there, she'll take it home. She'll rent it for you. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So if you go to my my Patreon, you can get a a, a vinyl copy of my first album, All the Stuff I Know. Uh, yeah, right? No, no, no. That's not. It, it is time though. It is time to lie about your EP. It's that it time. is. Yeah, it is time <laughs> to lie about my EP. Um. If you want to find uh, some of my music, uh, Inkblot is, we've got some uh, demos and stuff on SoundCloud. We've got some uh, live shows on YouTube. Um, if you go to brandonbeck.bandcamp.com, you can uh, listen to, uh, we made a joke about it earlier, um, for Happy Seppy Grown Up Hour, I recorded a Fleetwood Mac pastiche called We Never Should Have Banged, uh, featuring vocals by uh, the illustrious rigged pig himself, uh, <laughs> Mike Pfeiffer and, uh, past guest of the show, Kaylee quick, um, which, which is a, a fun, uh, horny little track that you can get for, a uh, uh, you know, cool 69 cents, a whole 69 cents. <laughs> um, I highly recommend it turned out really, really good. Is bro. your Jimmy Buffett cover on your band camp too, or is that on SoundCloud? Uh, it's, it's not, I should put that up somewhere though. <laughs> Yeah, because then and then we'll work out all the royalty stuff of you doing yeah. the cover later. And we'll, oh, yeah. It's easy squeezy. No big deal. We'll cut you a deal. Oh, hell I was yeah. Say, hell it's yeah. free. <laughs> yeah, it's free. <laughs> um, and uh, my EP, Hat on a Hat, is uh, like getting towards the finish line. I just got to get it mixed. Um, and mixing costs money <laughs> um, is really what it's gotten down to at this point. Yep. Um, but that'll that'll be dropping. Uh, I, like I really do want to try to have it out uh, before Bandcamp Friday uh, in April. We're coming up on a year of you telling people that your EP is going to be out imminently. That's, that's the way it goes. You know, uh, the, the, sometimes you, you get a Chinese democracy, and sometimes you get 
I don't know, an album that came out I don't out understand fast. any of that joke. Who knows? Not a single no. part of that joke was something That's I understood. Okay. That's eh. fine. Um, and uh, yeah, Happy Sappy is uh, around. We're uh, changing formats. Uh, who knows? Um, but I should have a track coming out for that soon. That's a uh, uh, taking care of business style rock song about uh, getting your priorities straight. Uh, <laughs> featuring the uh, amazing Kind of Wise, uh, daughter of Ray Wise, uh, on vocals, which is like a, a weird thing I can't not think about uh, whenever I'm with her, even though she, on her own, has an incredible voice. It's more just, oh, your dad is the dude from Twin Peaks. Weird. Because <laughs> um, Hollywood's deeply weird. Um, I didn't even know that, but yeah, okay. Yeah, I think that's... Uh, I mostly I, know him from being on Psych, because that's who I am as a person. That's fair. Uh, both on, on his own and in the Twin Peaks episode. And in the Twin Peaks episode, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's all my stuff. Beth, what about you? Uh, you can find me everywhere at at bscores with an underscore at the end. Uh, but the easiest way to follow me is to follow the show online. We're at, at IntuitPod on Twitter and hashtag IntuitPod on Instagram because I refuse to make another Instagram account. Um, we're also on Facebook if you get any mileage out of that. But um, I find the way that Facebook has updated business pages very annoying to post on and I don't always do it. Um, but hey, hopefully you're already subscribed to our show and we don't need you to come follow us, although that'd be cool. What we would love for you to do is leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, which I know sucks, but that's kind of how like the baseline metrics for podcasts work. And it would really help us, you know, move up in the rankings and get a few more listeners. You know, we've been at this for about three years now. We're coming up. We'll hit 100 episodes this year. And uh, we would love if you shared us with your friends. We would we would be very into that. Um, Maybe we can get some of that Casper money eventually. Yeah. Uh, thank you, as always, to Kalen West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song. Starting over is a lot like giving up off the album. Falling is like flying. And that's all I have for y'all today. I, I've got nothing. I've been working for three months. I have three weeks, three years. I have relax. no fucking clue. Take a little naparino, bud. I did that all day yesterday. All day. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, she, I didn't crashed leave this bed. Six and... I just hung out with this cat and watched Columbo in bed all day. It was great. Oh, that does sound nice. That does sound pretty rad. So yeah, uh, Mike, thank you for uh, thank you for getting plugged with us today. Thanks for uh, rigging for your pig me. on the pod. Mm-hmm. Anytime. Uh, um. So yeah. Uh. All that being said, guitar cast over. <laughs>